I think if you did this, you'd probably fall into, I'm not, I'm assuming, but I think you'd probably fall into similar space as me, which is probably why we get on so well. (laughs) Hi everyone, welcome to Offscript. Today we're going to be talking about strength deployment inventory. Ace, so today we're going to talk about Strength Deployment Inventory, or SDIs. Yes. I thought you were saying something else when you were talking about it before. But yeah, uh, it's, uh, you've just run me through your report and it sounds really interesting. But yeah, looking forward to you taking us through uh, what it is, how it works, and uh, why it's useful. Yeah, so this came out of the, um, the last episode we did around that community building stuff. And one of the things that I'm doing at the moment with the leadership team at Glean is looking at this strength deployment inventory, which is an absolutely awful name for something quite simple. But it, it's essentially how do we understand more about ourselves in different emotional states? Yep. So there's like the, the SDI, um, SDI, <laughs> as you mentioned. Um, so you get this kind of like SDI report once you've gone through this tool that asks you loads of questions about how you deal with certain situations. Um, the disclaimer is that this um, SDI uh, report, which is on the second edition, number two, is run by this core strengths um, company or team. I think it is a paid resource, so apologies that it's not an open free resource, but I found it immensely important to understand how I interact and deal with certain situations. Um, yeah. Super interesting. So. The reason this came out of that last um, community conversation is understanding more about how we um, interact with things in different emotional states is is quite important to figure out how we want to handle things, how we can learn about our own behaviours, and generally how we can just have better interactions. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because people who are non-stressed, they're just going back the day to day. That they act in one way, and then when when shit hits the fan, they they turn to a stress state and they yeah. act very differently. And yeah, it's. Yeah, and probably not the rational, um, like, easygoing person that you think you are <laughs> when, it, when it all, all, all yeah. kicks off. And we've all been there, right? We've all had situations where um, we might have dealt with a situation and you'll be thinking about it after and be like, ah, oh, I could have done something better there or I could have handled that differently or... yeah. Like I do that on a daily basis, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is torment, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So how, how do they analyse this? So I'm guessing it's some kind of uh, questionnaire interview process to begin with. Yes. So the way it works is you get sent uh, a link to this questionnaire. I think there's something like sixty, maybe more questions, but they're kind of multiple choice, so you can rattle through them. I think I did mine quite quickly because I didn't want to overthink my responses. So I was kind of like just clicking next, 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 going through it all. Um, But it asks you a lot about um, your kind of reward system, when you do something, how it makes you feel, um, when you don't get your way, how do you how do you behave? Um, yeah. And it kind of sets you up in different. It doesn't really give you like scenarios, but it just says like if this was to happen, how would you feel? But it doesn't go into like great detail about like a big, you know, are oh, you delivering a project? Something doesn't go like doesn't go into that level of detail. Right. Okay. Uh, so hopefully it's not you just picking like you're not going to like <laughs> try and like coerce the output. You'll it, hopefully if you if you breeze through it quick enough, you just sort of like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, as as always, you you get out what you put in with these yeah. things, right? So there is definitely a way you could game the report to to behave a certain way. But that's not very productive, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it'd be a waste of money, first of all. Um, 
but yeah, so so the way this works is that you you map um, these these states. So the SDI report gives you information about these two main states that you have. So the first state is when things are going well, and the second state is when things are not going as planned or you're in conflict. Yep. Um, and we talked a bit about conflict on the last episode around um, the five dysfunctions of the team. Yeah, so people that avoid conflict, um, yeah, might be all happy days to begin with, but there's that sort of fake harmony yeah. that thing that happens. And then and then when stuff actually goes wrong because of that, it, it really goes wrong. Yeah. And then on the other end, you've got people being bullshit and uh, <laughs> yeah. like a china uh, bull a bull in a china shop and it's not the nicest experience and that's bad as well yeah so i guess the using this sdi report and process you can figure out where those potentially difficult team members might be and what you they might need in yeah. terms of support to help them and I suppose yeah. in leadership positions it's really important to know yeah. what types we've got on the table because hundred oh, percent there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, they have a bigger impact on a, l- a lot more people whereas one person that's just joined the team as a junior yeah might have certain personality traits but they don't manage 20 30 40 people so exactly their impact yeah is um yeah yeah less severe <laughs> <laughs> and you also see a lot of those like sometimes management in that context um, trickles down, right? So a lot of people behave like their managers and they learn from their managers. So Yeah, yeah. so um, you could be um, yeah, spreading traits that you don't, that are problematic for the projects that you're working on. Yeah, or even if you are, like at least acknowledging those traits and saying, well, I'm this sort of person, so I'm going to be dealing with this differently than you. And you Yeah, well, and yeah, another big thing is self-awareness. If you know you've got a weakness, yeah. then you can compensate for that, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess um, the the other disclaimer here is that you kind of have to assume that there's a level of trust within the team to share this sort of information. Yeah. Um, you need to be vulnerable when you're discussing your weaknesses. Um, it's quite hard. Like this in the five dysfunction stuff is very like, how do you feel? It's 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 exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've got to put a lot of energy into it, but it's definitely definitely worth it. Um, but what I found interesting is this is something a lot of leadership teams do. There's, there's loads of other tools that do this sort of mapping. There's the whole Myers Briggs one. If you've looked at that before, yeah, Myers Briggs the sort of popular one, isn't it? That yeah. goes back years and years. But yeah, yeah. Um, so there's quite a lot of tools that you can um, you can do this sort of mapping with. Um, this this is kind of one of them, I guess. But um, but yeah, so so the way this works is you have um, it's quite hard on a podcast to explain a very visual di- visual diagram. <laughs> I'm looking at it, but yeah, it's uh, a tricky one. <laughs> so so you've got this like upside down triangle basically, and um, as I mentioned before, you've got these two states. You've got your motivational state, um, which they call your motivational value sequence, and then you have your kind of in conflict state, which they call your conflict sequence. So when things are going well. Um, it focuses on whether you're like a, pr- uh, a performance-based person, a people-based person, or a process person, or a mixture of those things, because it's not a linear scale. So like you could sit anywhere between the three points on this upside-down triangle. Um, and then they're kind of different gradients that go between. So like the red can blur into the blue. So red is performance. That can blur into the blue, which is people. And you could sit somewhere in between. So you could be someone that really cares about the performance of a project, but also really cares about the impact that it has on the people. Yeah. Or you might be someone that is definitely more process-based. So you're like performance and process-based. 
Um, therefore, you might implement a lot of process, uh, sometimes too much possibly, that might affect the people. Um, so you can see how this kind of works. That's, it's, it's, yeah, it's difficult to describe. Uh, but yeah, if you look at it, it's it's got arrows to show how people shift yeah. during the two states. Yeah. So you know that usually Amy's a people person, but then will shift to the very process driven when the conflict starts. Exactly. Yeah. So when you're in conflict, those um, corners of the triangle change from um, performance, people and process to uh, analyze, assert or accommodate. And assert is the kind of pairing that you'd have with performance. So that's the red area on the triangle top right. Um, accommodation is more around the people aspect and the analysis um, portion is for the process side of things. Interesting. So, how do you unpack why people do those things? I guess that's, the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a 3am conversation, I think, but yeah. Yeah, it's, so the, the report you get, you get this like 16 page PDF, which has some like generic stuff explaining the system and the framework, but also has some information tailored to, to you as a person. So for example, with my report, um, I came out um, in my motivational state. I am around the red corner of the triangle. So I focus on performance. So it says I'm motivated by task accomplishment and achieving results. You have a strong desire to set goals, take action and claim rewards. Now I'm right on the edge though of that red section. And when I had the kind of workshop, we did an amazing workshop with this guy called John Buzzard, who um, just like takes these reports and like actually makes them make sense to the whole team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I said like, I'm right on the corner of the red going into blue, which is more people based. Like I'm more of a red blue, I think. And he's like, well, you might be. He's like, ultimately, if you feel like that performance re like reflection of you isn't really how you actually behave, um, you might be red blue, which is where you preference more of the people side of things. You start to take into account the impact it's going to have on the way those people behave. Yeah. Um, so that was quite interesting. But yeah, in terms of like um, why you do those things, um, one of the pages of the report as well um, gives you kind of what you do, how you feel, and your conflict triggers. And it, you can kind of dig deeper into that and go, yeah, that feels like me. No, that's not quite right. So you can start to, I guess, dissect who you are and figure out why you might behave a certain way. Yeah, and that helps you sort of counteract some of the bad points and I guess yeah. build stronger relationships with people. To exactly, because if you, if you understand you're more performance-related but someone is heavily process-related, yeah. you'll know that for them to feel like they've achieved something, they'll need to define the process to deal with what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite guilty of like, I sometimes I just like to get something done yeah. and skip all the process, yeah. and I can see that upsets some people. I mean, you actually are very similar. I, actually, I think if you did this, you'd probably fall into, I'm, not, I'm assuming, but I think yeah. you'd probably fall into similar space as me. Yeah. Which is probably why we get on so well. <laughs> Possibly danger. Yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting because then if you look at like how my kind of red performance trait behaves when I go into a conflict sequence, I actually gravitate towards the center of the triangle, which yeah. then takes me into this um, middle ground where I just don't really know how I'm going to deal with something until I'm faced with it. Yeah. So the way this defines it is that I determine the best response based on the situation. I may choose to accommodate. I may be assertive. I may also analyze and build more process. To your wild card. Yeah. <laughs> Completely unpredictable. But, but that's possibly a good thing, isn't it? Because you, you, can, you can change your response depending on 
yeah. um, what the situation is. Which is which is what I've always I've always liked the ability to be a bit dynamic based on the information presented to me. But it's nice to know that's kind of how this comes out. And yeah. what's so this is interesting for personal reflection, but it's also interesting as a team tool. So if I'm dealing with someone who is very people based, but in their conflict sequence they decide to go really heavy into assert then I know that I'm actually, I might clash with that person yeah. or, you know, I might I might support that person. It's good to know because going into a conversation with someone who is process-driven, you'll want, they'll want an agenda, um, you're thinking on the process. Exactly. A lot of background research, et cetera. Whereas you're going to someone who's not process-driven at all, yeah. they just want to chat to begin with and yeah. then you might end up with a process after, but they're not going to expect a lot of that pre-work or anything exactly so like me and you like you were saying earlier like we might feel comfortable in our heads we have a rough idea of the process we'll figure it out along the way but if you're dealing with a process heavy person they'll be terrified a nightmare (laughs) yeah it could actually cause like an increased amount of stress and anxiety to that person yeah and that would make them double down on the process or it might make them withdraw completely from the process yeah 100% so yeah, it's, it's really, honestly, the most valuable thing I've done in a long time. And I rarely say that. Um, it, t- it talks to you a lot about your you know, top three strengths. So like mine was sociable, flexible, and open to change. Um, but then it also talks about how those strengths can be overplayed. So like maybe overly sociable could be intrusive. Open to change could mean that you're inconsistent. Like you said, you're a wild card. No one knows what you're doing. <laughs> uh, and flexible means like unpredictability. So it's... It's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to doing it myself and, um, yeah, chatting more through it. But I think, yeah, I've just been speaking to Andy about it from our team. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it sounds like exactly the kind of thing that we want to be doing as, as leadership leadership yeah. team. It's really it's really interesting and definitely worth a look. Um, I think one thing that I was quite amazed at with Glean is they, you know, they didn't just do, because I've, I've been in leadership teams where all the leadership team get these sort of Myers-Briggs assessments, whatever else. Um, Glean have done it for the entire company. Oh, amazing! <laughs> um, and they've actually put your your type. So if I'm a I'm a red, um, a, you know, or whatever, I'm a red blue. They put their type in like the Slack titles, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you that. can see when you're dealing with people like the things that might create positive and negative interactions. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, really interesting. Um, nice. So yeah, I just think it's, it's definitely something that's valuable also just in like everyday life. I think just understanding about how you interact with, you know, back to our original point, interact with communities, um, things that trigger your kind of fight or flight response and, and what brings out the best in you. Um, you know, th- uh, one of my examples was there's a reason that your friends get on so well with you. Um, we were quite a good example there, but also there's a reason you probably have that family friend uh, or that family relation that you really don't get on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, quite an interesting. I was, someone on the course was like, "Can I take this back home for my partner?" <laughs> because I feel like I could learn so much. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, it's really interesting. Um, what do you think the sort of shortfalls of around it could be? I guess it's, you don't want to use it as labelling, do you? It wants to, it doesn't want to be. Yeah. Like I'm this type, so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I guess the problem with like Myers Briggs stuff is like, well, I'm an introvert, so I don't need to bend. Yeah, I, that's so. It's not an excuse excuse. for the way you behave. And I think ultimately it's about being accountable, right? So understanding more about how you behave in certain situations is super helpful because you can learn from it. So it's it's not just getting the report and having people read through it. It's it's actually, there needs to be some sort of conversation that comes out of it to talk about how to actually use that in a positive way. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I think the report and the framework is probably... 
I'd argue like 40% of it. Yeah. Um, as I said, that that workshop that we did with John John Buzzard was arguably the most valuable part because he he brings together all of the uh, the scores across the teams and talks about the interactions. So you're super red when you when you get into conflict, you double down the cert, whereas this person does the opposite. Yeah. Like let's let's think about that a bit more. Let's think about experiences that we can make that are more positive in those scenarios. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just um, the take home is like it, it's not a definitive result. It's not like well, I'm performance orientated and I assert, therefore I can be a dick. No, yeah, that, yeah. That's not how it works. 100%. Yeah. No, it sounds really useful. Yeah. So yeah, we'll chuck some stuff in the show notes around this, but just wanted to do a quick episode on it because I think it's super, yeah. super interesting. And you're not sponsored by them or anything. Sadly, <laughs> sadly not yet. I, I, I will also go to say that I'm not sure exactly how much the course costs, but I don't think it's a life-changing amount of money. I had a quick look on the website. It looks like it's about £7 a seat per yeah. month. Yeah. Um, so it's, it doesn't sound like loads of money, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, look, you know, it, it, you get out what you put in, um, ultimately if you want to learn more about yourself and how you interact with certain situations, I definitely recommend having a look at it. Awesome. And thanks for chatting us through. Cool. All right. Cheers. Cheers. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks very much for tuning in and make sure you share with your friends on LinkedIn and Twitter or X as we call it now. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next time.